Hello, and welcome to another episode of City on a Hill, a podcast about what it means to be a citizen of heaven and a citizen of the United States. We want to encourage Christians to find their tribe in the church and their hope in the kingdom of God, rather than to seek both in the kingdom of man. So with that, let's get to it today. Hello, my name is Eric Estep. And I'm Scott Reedley. And this is the City on a Hill podcast. Welcome back. Scott, how is the day going? I would tell you it's wonderful, except it might not be true. What? Why not? <laughs> well, I mean, that's, uh, that's what we tell each other, isn't it? That I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. Yeah. That's... And I'm not, it's not always fine. I'm not saying it's not fine right now. Sure. I'm just acknowledging that I have been um, sometimes less than honest about how I'm doing when I'm asked the polite question like that, I guess. That is that is the classic noble lie, isn't it? Uh, well, it's a lie. You? I'm fine. I'm not that noble most of the time when I say that, though. Mm. But I, uh, yeah, sometimes that happens. Uh, right now, I'm doing okay. I had kind of a wild week, but uh, as far as just I... Uh, was in meetings kind of all week long until just until uh, this today meeting. until today <laughs> yeah so um until i decided to record a meeting with you there today you right yep. now so and you're all listening that's how that works yeah but it's it's been good all those meetings were good i'm really glad i had them but anyway that's more than you wanted to know when you said how are you doing it and i should have said fine and then i'd be done and i i spent a lot of time oh but how are you eric i'm I'm doing well. Oh, good. I forgot to ask. I'm, I'm glad the snow has melted. I can drive around now mm-hmm. without the risk of going into a ditch. Um, I did have a friend who was who took seven and a half hours to get home the other night. Wow. Last Wednesday. Yeah. That is not good. It was a uh, full evening for him. Yes. Yeah. That <laughs> definitely occupied. Um, so today... And I, I really like that example of the, hello, how are we doing? We're going to talk about noble lies today. And actually, that that's probably one of the better examples. I, I spend a lot of time asking people how they're doing, and they say fine, and I say really, and then mm. try to dig in, or um, or I'll hear people say good, but they have a, a tone that obviously says they're not doing well. Um, and I, I like kind of pushing into those things, and, well, how are you actually? Oh, mm. you actually want to know? Yeah, I actually want to know. I actually want to know how you are. Um, but it's it's a noble lie in that I think it makes a, a makes a potentially socially awkward <clears throat> situation a little bit more unobtrusive, and you just you can move on. It, it greases the wheels, and you can um, complete the interaction and not have to worry about it. But it's a, it's a little lie we tell to make things a little bit easier. Yes, and so what makes it noble? Why is it not just a white lie? What's white. the difference between a white lie and a noble lie? Well, I don't know that white... A, a white make, lie would something like is a, white, it doesn't make it noble. <laughs> that's true. That's true. <clears throat> yeah, maybe maybe the the question, the, the but, answering fine may not be the noble lie. Maybe a different, a better example of a noble lie would be telling your kids, um, hey, son, you can, do, you can be anything you want to be. Now, if, if you do any level of thinking you would realize that that's not true. There are some things he cannot do um, or some things she cannot do. Um, but the, the, the lie is told in an, 
potentially, and I, I'm not a, yeah, we'll say a You're potentially You're not an expert no, liar? Is that I'm what you're going to say? Um, I'm an expert liar. Let I'm, me tell you how this works. Uh, it's, I think it's a, a desire to be noble in that the story is one that, that hopes to motivate towards a particular end. Or help. Or help. Yeah, one's and, helpful. And perceivably, if I tell my kid, hey, you can be anything you want to be, I have um, kind of given them the horizon. You can go anywhere you want to go and try it out and um, just if you, get, if you get after it, it could work. Um, it kind of, it kind of relieves any of the limiters and they can, they can go for it. Um, if you, if you aim for the moon, you might fall in the stars kind of thing. That, that little phrase you hear. So I don't agree, but it's fine. Um, so it's a noble lie in that Shoot regard. for the moon and land in the stars. You heard it here, folks. You've not heard that before? Please tell me you've heard that before. Oh dear. I'm not just... Uh, I'm not just You're reciting just hopelessly romantic. Yes. No, not at all. <laughs> oh, man. <clears throat> so no, noble eye. Let noble eye. Let's recap. A noble eye is one that that's somebody says in hopes of helping, mm-hmm. in hopes of making something better, mm-hmm. as opposed to maybe my white lie, which is, I think the color white just says it's little. Is that what a white lie is? In your I definition? was thinking little or harmless. Yeah, if it's a white Perceived lie, it's a harmless. Right. Yeah. And, and most of the time, those are to, to like, get yourself out of trouble. Like right. a little thing like... Uh, yeah, yeah, I came to work on time. Yeah. Right, something like that. It's fine. <laughs> so um, those are the... Um, those are different mm-hmm. lies. Those are, those are the your basic lie, regardless of its size. Mm-hmm. You're saying there's a noble lie that is a lie that is told on purpose, really, mm-hmm. with the intention of being helpful. Mm-hmm. And I'm, yeah. So I'm learning, I'm learning how to lie here from Eric, just there so you go. know. That, that's he, why you guys came me. to this podcast. <laughs> that's right. Um, so I was thinking about noble lies in, in the context of government, which is where the term actually comes up. And one of the things I've been thinking about is, uh, in our circles, um, one of the big questions is whether America is a Christian nation. That is, that's a constant um, when we go back to history a lot, because that's a, that's a question that needs to be answered and one that continues to, to be of prominence um, and one that's kind of a prominence right now. Um, so there's Christian nationalism and people saying, hey, this is a Christian nation. So I was trying to kind of tease that apart and think about that. And the noble lie context and the uh, Christian nation um, status of America, I thought that was an interesting idea. Maybe saying... America as a Christian nation is a noble lie. And if it is a noble lie, if that's true, should we should we tell that noble lie? Would that be helpful? Okay. You you just like threw that out there. Um, why would you say that it's not a noble truth? Mm. That's a fine question. I, I, I would probably go back to you and say, what, you what do we mean wanted, by Christian nation? You just want to just start off by lying. <laughs> this is a lying podcast here. <clears throat> We, we have done this. We have done the Christian Nation podcast before, but that's right. Maybe we, we should link in the show notes to that, just yeah. in case this one completely confuses everyone. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> well, I would I would say that um, by definition, the United States has decided not to establish a religion and therefore not be Christian. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is about as clear as it can be in mm-hmm. our. Um, 
original documents. So I would say, no, America is not a Christian nation because it decided not to be Mm -hmm. by definition. And we talked a couple weeks ago about how there are, there are countries that have established churches, national churches. Um, So in, in that definition, they would be more Christian nations than America is. Um, You you could lean towards, there's a lot of Christians here or the founders had um, Christian principles in mind, or you could, you would probably reference um, John Adams saying, uh, we need a, a moral and religious people, and this government won't work with anyone but that kind of people. Mm-hmm. You could go, go to all those things, but I think your your initial assertion that's that's kind of clear cut. Well, we don't well, have an established church, and it was designed that way. Yeah, and I think you have to you know you have to get clear on that, and then you know it's a different question to say at at what level does Christianity influence mm-hmm. government, or did it influence those ideas initially, or did it? Um, what is the nature of Christian influence? But to say it's Christian nation, uh, you, you have to you have to kind of go with the mm-hmm. black and white. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> you have to go with the the national definitions. If Pretty you're much say the, the ones the ones that they claim. Yeah. Should Should we talk about where the, the idea of a noble lie comes from before we go further? Well, I think you should continue to educate me on lying, Eric. Yes, please do. Awesome. This is this is going to hit all the social medias and going to be articles. It's going to be great. Uh, so the idea of a noble eye actually comes from uh, The Republic, which is a book by Plato in a, in a discussion of Socrates. And that's actually a really interesting book, and I'd recommend reading it. Well, there's a, it's a big dialogue between um, Socrates and several people, and their initial discussion is, what is justice? That That's the initial um, question that needs to be answered. And they basically say, hey, if we were to figure out um, what a just society is, then we could go to, a, in the bigger scale, then we could go to a smaller scale and um, say this is what justice would be for the individual. So they put together a republic. They put together Ooh. a governing thing, and they don't put up a democracy. Uh, maybe that's a surprise for all of you. They put up an aristocracy, people who pursue virtue and desire to mm-hmm rule the people, um, care for the people. He called them philosopher kings. And it gets to the point as they're developing this republic that he said, we need a story. We need a a myth um, that will help people live the direction we want them to live because we need to make sure we grab all the people that could be these philosopher kings. We want to make sure we get the people who are capable um, Hmm. of being uh, someone who's pursuing wisdom and someone who can govern. So he puts together this story and he says, okay, one, we're just going to make it all one common family. We're all going to be brothers and we're all going to be sisters and there's not, there's not going to be any differentiation. And some people will be people who have gold in them. Um, and those will be the people who could be philosopher kings. And some people will have silver and they can be the helpers. Um, and some people have iron or brass and they can be the farmers or the other, tra- other craftsmen, things like that. And as they are recognized, maybe... Um, maybe this father and mother have their gold people, but they have silver. So we're going edu- to we're going to educate them over here because they're a sil- silver person. We can kind of put people in their categories and organize the society. Um, and the goal would be a harmonious situation. So he basically says, "This is the myth. This is the lie. We need to tell them so that we can organize this well and we can have these philosopher kings at the top." Um, and he so we says, create a caste system essentially. 
yeah, oh. that's, that's what he put together. Um, or, or at least a, a means of trying to find what, what is this person good at and what is this person good at? Because it's not necessarily cast in that if your parents are oh, silver. You can't be gold. Right. You, silver parents may have uh, a gold child. And, oh, we found one. Let's put them over here. Um, so it's a little more complicated than that. But nonetheless, it's a contrivance. It's a myth. It's a lie. And Socrates says it's a contrivance for one of those falsehoods that come into being in case of need. We have a need. We need to figure out how to organize people in the right way. Um, and he said, of which we're now talking, this is a noble one. This is a noble falsehood, basically. So it's the myth we tell ourselves so that we can organize society in the way we want it to go. Um, and I think for some, saying uh, America is a Christian nation is a way of saying this is, this is the direction we want things to go. And we've, you and I have agreed that I don't think America is a Christian nation. Um, but that's, that seems to be what's going on. If I say this, and if I pursue this thing, it may not be a true story, but it, it gets us going the direction we want to go. So we should, t- should tell it. This is what you're saying. So we should tell this lie so that it gets us going in the right direction. In it, other words, it's a, it's a utilitarian thing we tell ourselves to move us in the so, right direction. Socrates would say that. I'm playing devil's advocate for this episode, sure. And I'll say, sure. So... <laughs> So I, I need to I need to weigh in here on uh, Socrates because um, I can, and uh, you you encourage people to read the Republic, and that's probably a good idea. I want to encourage people to watch Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure <laughs> because we, we got we because got high so, brow, we got low brow. On this so Crates is in there. So Crates <laughs> is in that movie, and um, it I will always remember him. So there you go. <laughs> Unbelievable. Well, yeah, I got to contribute somehow. That's you, you contributed. You can't recover from that. I can't. <laughs> just, Bill and Ted's excellent adventure. How am I supposed to follow that? All right. Well, the I, I think if it is a utilitarian story, and I think that's really, I think it's important to acknowledge that you can call it a, a noble lie if you want, but if it's a story we tell ourselves, because the ends justify the means, mm. which is really what we're talking about, mm-hmm. then we have a um, then we have an issue, because and and we have that issue a lot mm-hmm. because we tell ourselves all sorts of stories, thinking that those stories are making sense of the world, thinking those stories are going to help us in our relationships, thinking those stories are going to help us understand the the government or whatever. We're we're telling ourselves this story in a utilitarian way, and we we have this hunch that it may not be true, but we tell it to ourselves anyway, and we believe it anyway, we act on it anyway, so that we, you know, make progress in a certain direction. Mm-hmm. And I think the question is if um, <clears throat> if we know that uh, Christianity is not established and this is not a Christian nation, then why would people, why, why even do we have this conversation on this podcast or other places over and over and over and over? Mm-hmm. Because there's something about that story that um, people want to tell. They want to tell it for a reason. And I think, I think it's worth sort of teasing that apart. Like, why would you tell yourselves that story? Or 
in Eric's words, that noble lie. My words. Yeah, I don't want to lie. Why would you I, lie? I, Eric? I want it to be a story. On? I don't know what Eric's all about in the lying business, but I think the first, you know, the first thing, one of the things is you have to, um, uh, and you you referenced uh, John Adams earlier, is that uh, we do understand that our uh, country, our culture must be moral for it to function. The government won't mm-hmm. really be able to function without morality. And we know that the Christian story is a story of reality. So therefore, if we merge the two stories, then America uh, can be moral. That's one of the things. So I think morality is one of the reasons that people tell themselves a story. Um, I think that there's uh, probably a, a sense in which, at least for some, the story is a unifying story. Potentially, uh, yeah. Yeah, that it, um, if you just maybe take a numbers, play a numbers game, the highest number of people who identify as Christian in the world are mm-hmm. Americans. Therefore, we'll tell ourselves this Christian uh, story. So the identification with that story unifies people. Um well, and it's all, I know the temptation is there. A simple story is easier to keep in your mind than a, than a complex story. Even the, the, um, the thing we tell our kids, you can do it, we can be whatever you want. That's very simple, and I can just throw it to them, and it's easy. It's a lot harder to say, well, if you have these skills and you pursue these things and you um, earn this kind of education and do these, you could do X, Y, Z, but you can't do A, B, C, and just do all that. That's a lot, lot more work. And to talk about um, there's there's a bunch of Christians here, and uh, we're a Christian nation. That's a lot easier than saying we're a, a liberal, democratic, capitalistic system, and there's there's plurality here, and there's a lot of different um, religions, and there's a lot of different people, and we have freedom to try to convince each other. Um, that's just a lot more complex. <laughs> it's a lot easier to think, I'm a Christian. I desire people to be Christians. It would be a lot easier uh, it's e- I think it's easier to think about that this is what we have and this is what we want. And um, Well, it, it's interesting you say that because I think the broad brush or the broad stroke, like you're saying, is easier to remember. It's easier to try and unify other things, you know, with the broad um, brush, you might say. But the many of the best lies, if you're talking about noble lies, are the ones that are are a little more nuanced and have you know enough believable details that you mm. can't exactly verify every, you know what I mean so the the broad stroke doesn't necessarily make it a better lie but it maybe makes it a better unifying story I don't yeah, know yeah that's, that's what true. I'm saying unifying yeah yeah and <clears throat> at least one that is appealing to hold on to well or yeah that is it's Functional. It's more functional mm-hmm. as a broad stroke than it is, mm-hmm. you know, if you get down in the weeds. Um, which, I mean, again, you just mentioned this, but I think another reason that people would tell themselves that story is that we really do believe, Christians really do believe that being rightly related to God is the key to human flourishing. Mm-hmm. And what we want in America and what we want from our government is human flourishing. We want it in our country. And so the if we if we believe being rightly related to God is the Christian way uh, that you would get rightly related to God through Christ and you merge the story of your country and that, 
you would end up with human flourishing. And so we tell ourselves this story or this noble lie mm-hmm. because that would, uh, we believe, enable human flourishing. And I, th- I, I do think that probably of all of the reasons that people tell that story, that's probably the one that is the, is the deepest or most resonant for mm-hmm. many well-meaning Christians who want their country right. to be a Christian country. Yeah, there's, there's good desires often. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, the other, the other ones may not be quite um, as golden, but one that, that gets the most news time probably is that um, it has to do with power. I think people tell this mm-hmm. story, and it was told, um, it's been told recently, that uh, we are a Christian country and, we, and Christians have lost power and we need to get back to being in power. And um, we've, we've been told mm-hmm. that that is part of the story is that Christians should have their uh, say, their voice, their champion, um, their hero, whatever you want to say. Mm-hmm. But that that's, part of, that's part of why people tell this, themselves this story because Christians should have power if it's a Christian country. Right. And related to that, oh, go ahead. Well, and if you've been telling your if you've been telling yourself that story or speaking that story for a long time, and then you look around and say, "Oh, that Christian person lost some power," or "That Christian person is no longer influential the way they used to be influential," or "I can't just stand up and say the Christian thing and have it be assumed in a group of a hundred people." Mm-hmm. Um, if I've been telling myself that story for a long time, and then I see those those uh, the diminishing of power in those different areas. Go, oh no! The story we got to go back to the story and got we got to pursue this thing again because it's it's falling, uh, it's falling off the path. Yeah, it's alarming, and you know it probably does have to do then with uh, some of the episodes we've done in fear, right? Because you would you would fear that, and and similarly, I think if, if power is one thing, but I think the other is privilege. Mm. If the country was a Christian country, Christians were at one time, and then should still be privileged. Mm -hmm. In other words, we should be exempt from certain things and we should have uh, certain uh, advantages maybe that don't have to do with power, but just like keep your hands off me sorts of things where, um, and again, people are very worried about that. So they tell themselves this story. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, human flourishing and morality and maybe unity, but power and privilege are probably, those are the reasons I can think of that. Mm -hmm people would tell themselves this story or in your words, tell themselves this noble lie. Right. Well, just because it's a in story Socrates. doesn't mean it's... In Socrates' <laughs> words, the noble lie. Oh, disgusting. <laughs> the best. <laughs> we'll put Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure in the show notes, folks. Right. Yeah. <laughs> in case you haven't seen they did a They did a sequel. The sequels, are, yeah, the sequels are, no. <laughs> you you they, watched it. No, I, oh, Yes. I'm a history buff, man. Oh. Of course I watch Bill and Ted's oh. Excellent Adventure. Oh, my goodness. Uh, so there, there are plenty of reasons why someone would tell the story. We can describe all the, the tempting reasons to do so. But should we tell this noble eye? Should we say, this is a story worth telling? Let's, let's Is it worth it? it? Right? Is it worth it is what you're saying? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is that how you evaluate it? If it's, is it worth it? I mean, in, like, if it gets... Uh, like a oh, that's interesting. A, a good enough response? Would it, you tell it? If no, no, no. I don't, I don't evaluate it. Is it worth it? I evaluate, well, maybe in an even grander sense, 
Um, but if, if, if we go to, is it worth it? I have a God who told me not to lie. So to, to do something like that is, is to say, okay, we're going to ignore that one. <laughs> we're going to ignore that little commandment and move on. Mm-hmm. Um, so in that regard, I don't think it's worth it at all. And I, and I don't take a pragmat, a prag, uh, was it pragmatist view of these things. If I only heard a little people with this little lie, but I help a lot of people oh. still, still lied. Ooh, mm-hmm. eyebrows raised. Go, go on, Scott. No, I'm just, uh, I, I'm just waiting for you to help people by lying to them. <laughs> that's all. So, so would it help your wife if she if she asks you if uh, she looks fat in that dress? <laughs> I mean, that's only helping one person. So you probably wouldn't lie then. Okay, Eric. So Eric's like sweating on the other side. Red, table. Like he doesn't nervous. need to say anything. Okay. See, I mean, all that to say, we, it, we joke about it, but um, the whole prospect of what is, you know, what is good and right and true mm-hmm. is, is very contextual, and you, you have to think two or three times sometimes mm-hmm. about, am I really going to say the truth here? <laughs> right. So. Well, and, and <clears throat> developing relationships where you can ask people, do you, are you looking for a truth? Like, a, are you wanting true, a truthful answer from this question? Or what do you want from me? Like, what kind of, what kind of response do you want from me? And what are you looking for mm-hmm. um, in those, maybe the, and the so, social so questions? I, I have another question. Would you like marital counseling? <laughs> <laughs> because I am, I'm imagining, I'm imagining <laughs> this, how do I look in this dress? And you're thinking... Hmm. What do you want from me? <laughs> what do you want from me? I, I wasn't. I wasn't really thinking in that context. Oh, good. Okay. Like, like, we'll just so forget I, that question ever came up. All <laughs> it's, right. It's here. But I was more thinking. So I, I'm. I'm in a sales role for work as well. Mm, yeah. And a lot of times people will be. Well, can you do this quickly? Well, can you? Can you? Can you get it for this price? Can you? And there are truthful answers to those questions, but not always the answers that people want. So you can ask, what kind of answer are you actually looking for? I can give you the full detailed um, answer, but it, it may not be uh, what you're asking me right now. And I, I want to tease these things apart and help you get the proper truthful things that you need. Um, Cause I could, I can come up with an ideal scenario. So, so right now in the HVAC world, it's really hard to get any equipment. It just takes a long time to get the, your furnace in your house. It's going to, it's going to take six months to get here. Um, and sometimes, randomly, there'll be something in stock. And so when a customer says, can you do this next week? Technically, there's a possibility that I could do this next week. Um, and if I were not desiring to be truthful all the time, I could say, yeah, that's definitely a possibility. Um, not telling him that likely that possibility is slim. And mm-hmm. in, in all likelihood, it's going to be six months before you get this thing. Um, but I'm, I'm pursuing the sale, right? So I can go after this thing. But what I, what I often end up doing is explaining all of it. Let me tell you what could happen most of the time at six months. And sometimes we get something that can be available in two weeks and give people explain um, and walk through the entire scenario with someone uh, rather than just quick answers. Quick answers lead to uh, simple or quick questions lead to simple, quick answers that probably aren't helpful. And may not be truthful. Mm-hmm. And but might be noble because you get the sale right, 
I, no, I disagree. That's not noble at all. <clears throat> yeah. Well, I think I think that's why, though. I mean, what you just described is why we started by saying, "Okay, why would someone tell the story?" Mm-hmm. And I think that's what you were just doing with your sales call. Is mm-hmm. okay. Why would what What are you asking, and why would I answer mm-hmm. it in any particular way? Let Let's figure that out, and then and then we'll get to the maybe right. to the answer. So right. So I so my initial and knee-jerk responses, don't tell lies. (laughs) Sometimes that makes life a lot more difficult, frankly. And that that could be in the sales situation, that could be when you're talking to someone about politics, whatever. Um, You may have to explain yourself and walk through stories and explain the nuance of things and um, dive into the details. But I I mean, that's just my... I I want to learn how to be a truth teller. And I don't... Mm. um, I want to be that that to be my reflex, and sometimes it just takes more work. But I'd rather be practiced at doing the work than taking the easy way out and just saying I'm fine when people ask me how I am. Yeah. <laughs> well, good. I'm glad that you're influenced more by Jesus than you are by Socrates. That yes, I, I hope to be more influenced <laughs> by Jesus than Socrates for sure. <laughs> what else? Do not lie. That's the big one. Um, it sure took us a long time to get to that little simple thing, didn't it? it there you go. It's, it's tempting. I, th- I think it's tempting and you kind of have to dig into things to get to the bottom of stuff and realize yeah. it doesn't matter how helpful the lie could be. It doesn't matter, um, how attractive the lie is, how tempting the lie is. Uh, at the end of the day, just because I put noble in front of it, doesn't make it a truth. Ooh. It's still a lie. Um, so I, I want us to think about that. And it, it definitely goes back to the the means and ends thing that you were talking about before and, and what we've we've talked about in previous episodes. Um, you you can't pursue good desired ends and use evil methods. You can't pursue good ends with worldly methods. I mean your Jesus ends with worldly methods, let's say right, it that way. Right. Which I think is is a an enormous temptation in mm-hmm. politics in mm-hmm. particular, and really one that I I don't know how people make it even. It's such mm. almost, you know, people tell you it's a necessity. Sure. But, but the- I have heard that. <clears throat> I can tell I, you it's- I suspect you I, have I, heard that. <laughs> I was not elected, but it's not a necessity to lie. It just takes more work. Yeah. So no, I, I this the ends and means question is probably one that's worth you know, bringing up uh, almost every mm-hmm. week because um, I, I think that that's where a lot of Christians get lost when they're, I mean, even even if you have a great end, like a good policy or, a, you know, it's a pro-life thing, mm-hmm. and the means by which you get that is, you know, um, lying or demeaning uh, another human being made in God's image who happens to hold a different position than you. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lots of un-Christian uh, means to get to a good end. And, you know, I think a lot of people say, well, the ends justify the means. And that's, you know, this episode is saying that they don't. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And I think the temptation is there because politics is a pretty big lever. There's, there's a lot of um, p- 
power is one way to talk about it. But if, if you move a lever of government, you can move a lot of things. So the temptation to um, use that ends or use that means towards good ends um, is, is always going to be there because you can do you can do a lot of things with that lever. Um, you can do more things with that lever than you can trying to go make disciples across the street. Like it's just a there's um, there's a well, so that that's the story. That's the story. That's the story. That's the that's another noble lie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Jesus spent time with twelve guys across the right. street and right. changed the world. So well, and we're yeah. called to different things. <clears throat> mm-hmm. I think you can you can use the lever of government and you can um, create a lot of exertion and a lot of action and you could do things, but you you can't with the lever of government do heart change. You can't. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't bring the, the kingdom, and I'm sure post-millennials would disagree with me, but you can't bring the kingdom with the lever of government. It doesn't work. Um, and I think if you were to just pursue, pursue this noble lie, I think you would end up with likely a diluted definition of Christian. If you're actually going to you come up, like say you pursued it and it was met, we have a Christian nation, you probably have a diluted definition of Christian. Even, even the statistic we did about the most Christians in the country, or in any country that are Christians um, in America, they do not all define Christianity the way you define Christianity. So you'd have to have a necessarily um, necessarily broad definition of Christian to be able to say, yep, all these people, we're all Christian. And then if you did have a Christian nation, who's defining Christianity? It wouldn't be the church anymore. It would be some government thing. And then the... What I'm getting at it there is there, there's different spheres. One of those is a government sphere, and one of them is a church sphere. And we're getting them crosswise and wanting them to do things they're not designed to do. Um, we're the church is here to uh, make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, um, and teaching everything that Jesus commanded us. Um, that's that's our pursuit. Along the way, we can pursue justice and righteousness, but. The church was not given the sword like the government's given the sword, and they're different spheres and they do different things. But man, the lever over there and the government side is is a powerful one. So the temptation is, hey, I know it's really hard to tell my neighbor about Jesus and, and love them and love my neighbor, but man, if we could just grab that lever over there, we could make this a lot easier. Well, that's that's not how this works. And there's there's different spheres and they do different things. And I think God set it up that way. So so leave them leave them apart. Well, I think it's interesting what you said. I mean, essentially you articulated the need for separation of church and state, and you did it by saying it will dilute the church. It will be bad for the church. And that really is, um, you know, that's not what you hear in public, Mm. but the reality is that's what happens. And I think that's why Christians, that's why it's worth bringing this up over and over in warning Christians is that when you start mingling political power and um, the church, you end up um, doing something very uh, unhelpful mm-hmm. to the church, let's say. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, thank you for reminding us of that and reminding us not to lie. Yeah. That's you, you've been very helpful today, <laughs> Eric. We, we needed 40 minutes to that's tell right. people not to lie. And I, <clears throat> Good. There you go. Any other lies you want to share? <laughs> no. You passed the test. And I hope well, you all maybe, pass the test. As, as long well. as that was true. <laughs> You'll never know, will you? Oh, there's a, there's a name for that paradox, but I can't remember. 
what it's called. Um, well, I hope you all passed the test of not lying as well. And I hope this podcast was helpful in that endeavor. Uh, don't forget to subscribe and rate uh, our podcast. That helps other people see it. Well, you know, if you wanted to like give it a five-star review, and even if that wasn't true, we would take it. There you go. That would be great. We'd the, love it. The noble rating. <laughs> Bingo. That's right. This is just about the noble lie. The noble rating would be good. Oh, goodness. If you find what this, if you find this helpful, <laughs> review would go a long way. You know, you could even review it if you don't find it helpful, but just give it five stars. It's good. Oh, man. And uh, if you have any questions, send them to comment at cityonahillpodcast.com. And we look forward to the next conversation. <laughs>